All right, welcome back to the Red Zone Power Play podcast, everyone. Uh, we got a lot to go over this week uh, at the NFL. Had th- there's a lot of stuff going on with the NFL right now, and uh, but uh, we're just gonna get right into it. I'm Zach. I mean, I'm Heath. Sorry, <laughs> you're good. I'm Zach. <laughs> Man, I can't even know my. I don't even know my own name. <laughs> That's sorry. Right. There's just so much going on, so much craziness. Just kind of makes you forget once in a while. Exactly. I got you there. So. uh there's really no NHL news to talk about really today, but um, m- maybe there'll be some- something here within the next week. But we're just going to get right into the NFL here. We had a big signing from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that happened on Friday. Antonio Brown, AB, he's back in the league again. The last time we saw him play was week two of last year with the New England Patriots and Tom Brady. I don't think we really need to go into the history with AB here because we, we all know the history within the past year. So, uh, Zach, was this a good or bad decision for the Bucks? Well, you're exactly right. The uh, history is pretty well documented. There's not much that we really need to go over, um, aside from the fact that he had a mental breakdown for about two and a half years. Um, you know, it's kind of a strange – it's a strange signing to me. Um, the whole Bruce Arians and – AB drama. Um, I get that Bruce Arians, you know, probably kind of put it behind him to have, you know, potentially one of the best receivers on the planet on his team. Um, you know, granted that was a few years back. Either way, he still has the talent. He's still the same guy. Um, and he doesn't have the miles on him over the last couple of years. So, um, you know, he's not as beat up. Um, I don't know. You look at that team um, and you have Godwin and you have Evans. You know, it's a one-two. Um, you know, Gronk's basically a third receiver. Um, he plays basically as their, their second, um, even Scotty Miller, you know, he's, he's filling in well, uh, Godwin's struggling to stay healthy. So AB fills that gap, but when he comes in and everybody's healthy, I mean, you got four or five guys that need the ball spread around to, it's a lot of weapons, you know, it's a good signing in that regard, but I, I don't know. I don't, it's kind of a strange team to bring him into. Um, cause you got a bunch of guys like Godwin and Evans, um, and Gronk that they have personalities, but they're not abrasive, crazy personalities the way that AB is. Um, and you got Brady. I mean, Brady tried to keep them together in New England last year. Um, obviously stuff from the past resurfaced, but it's just such a strange, a strange move. And, and obviously the timing was bound to happen eventually from someone. I mean, it was Tom Brady that changed Bruce Arians' mind. I mean, we saw like at the beginning of the season, like I I guess a reporter asked Bruce Arians, hey, would you consider signing AB? And Bruce Arians was like, no, it's no, it's not going to happen. And now here we are eight weeks into the season, seven weeks into the season, and AB's on the bucks. But I agree with you. I mean, you got to look at this from a professional football standpoint and a business standpoint. For the football standpoint, it's a great signing because look at the look at the offensive weapons the Bucks have. I mean, you name them: Godwin, Evans, Gronk, Scotty Miller, and Tyler Johnson is actually has emerged has emerged as kind of a receiver there too. Probably like a four or five, four or five receiver, wide receiver number four or five. Excuse me, but um, and then when you look at the business side of it, I mean th- that's a little bit riskier because we all know the history of with what happened with AB we don't need to like I said we don't need to go into it 
it, it's just a trust issue right now with AB. I don't know if you can really trust AB, but if Bruce Arians and Tom Brady could just sit Antonio Brown down and just say, listen, you don't need to make the plays that you you've normally made in your career. We've got other guys that can make those plays. Now we'll appreciate you if you come in and make those plays for us as well, but don't be upset if you if you're not the guy to make that play at the end of the game for for us to win the game. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. I mean, he's not going to be relied upon the way he was in Pittsburgh when he was you know twenty six, twenty seven. Um, you know, when he was pulling in eighteen hundred yards a year and you know twelve, thirteen touchdowns because he was the guy. Um, because in those years, I mean, they didn't have many. Um, complimentary guys to really take the pressure off. It was AB all the time. Um, you know, his last couple of years in Pittsburgh, the problems started surfacing because other guys were taking the spotlight, which we get. So I'm kind of curious to see um, how he does in terms of handling his, um, I can't think of the right word, but his, his, his drama um, when he's not going to be the guy. He's not going to be getting, you know, 12, 13 targets a game like he used to. Um, you know, he'll probably be in that five, six, seven range, which is still respectable. And if you catch five or six, you know, you put up 60 to 80, you know, even a hundred yards, that's, that's a respectable outing, but you know, you're, he should know as he's on the wrong side of 30 where Godwin and Evans are at least, you know, younger and obviously bigger threats in terms of recent success. Um, you know, if AB's there to, to draw somebody off Evans, so he's not doubled, Mike Evans is going to start going for nine catches and 160 yards a game again. Um, you know, you got Gronk, who's going to he's going to steal defenders, but I don't know. It's it's something that like a, you kind of wrestle with a little bit that you don't make complete sense of. But it, uh, it, it it's very risky right now. I mean, yeah, <clears throat> I, I get the move because you want to improve your offense even more, and for sure the signing has. But it's just very risky right now. You, you got to trust AB. And right now, not many teams really trusted AB. I know the Seahawks were one of those teams that were really pushing for AB. But at the end of the day, AB was like, you, you know what? I want to go down and play with Tom Brady. And I, I don't blame him. But at the same time, it's just, I, I don't know how they're going to build that trust with Bruce Arians. Because Tom Brady already trusts AB. And um, I think the other question is too: is does how does Godwin, uh, Evans, Scotty Miller, and uh, Tyler Johnson how how do they react to all this? Because I was I was actually thinking about this the other day. I sent it to a group chat of, with my friends. I was like, Scotty Miller is probably going to see less playing time now because of the AB signing. Well, he Johnson, um, you know, you think about it. Uh, Godwin's going to be out this week with his fractured fingers, so Scotty Miller will see targets, but then they have a bye. Um, and then, you know, AB's in – or no, I don't know if they have a bye week nine. Um, but either no, way, they don't because they know that they play the Saints on Sunday night. Right. So either way, I mean, he's jumping in week nine, and if Godwin's back from his finger thing, whatever, if he's not, you know, AB fills that slot. Scotty Miller's, you know, wide receiver three. Um, but if Godwin's back, he's wide receiver four or five, um, you know, he yeah. or Johnson and, you know, granted Scotty Miller wasn't expected to be putting up six, seven, 800 yards. He was probably going to get, you know, 15 catches, probably a couple hundred yards, maybe a touchdown or two, but, um, 
this really knocks back any potential production that he has. Um, and I, I don't see him being a big <clears throat> character diva problem. Um, it's really got to be how does AB react to not being, um, you know, the the all pro on the team. Right. And I guess the next question is, with this signing, does this make the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the new Super Bowl favorites? Well, they're already one of the favorites in my eyes in terms of top five teams. Um, I don't know if it makes them any more of a favorite because it's such an unknown, and I struggle to put a whole lot of weight into it until you really see, you know, a month, maybe five, six weeks into it. Um, you know, you start getting to that like week 13, 14, you know, time frame, and you got a couple games left. That's when you can start thinking, okay, you know, how how's it working out? Is it kind of, you know, backfiring a little bit personality wise because i have a feeling arians will keep him on a short leash you know personality problems he's gone um so i I don't know it's it's tough to weigh that right now but it certainly helps you know moving forward having a guy like that on your team i think for sure it makes them super bowl favorites but to your point it's like you just have to wait and see i mean no one's no one's guaranteed to go to the super bowl right now but with the addition of Antonio Brown, I definitely think that they are Super Bowl favorites. This offense is loaded with talent. It, it'll be hard for opposing defenses to stop them, especially when it comes to playoff time. Because when you think about it, when you got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and then Antonio Brown, we'll say that we'll say by like week 13, 14, those are the three guys. Defenders have got to decide, hey, we got to double someone, maybe even two of them. And then that's going to leave one of one of them on one on, on a one-on-one situation. And I would take that matchup all day, whoever it is. You so might have to nickel every play. Yeah. <laughs> you <gotta actually> <laughs> in there and try and try and break it up. Honestly though. Yeah. You probably will see nickel defense a lot, but like I said, I mean, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see, but I do think that this does make the bucks Super Bowl favorites as of, as of now. Um, yeah, I mean, it certainly helps, you know, like I said, and you summed it up very well that, you know, it makes them more of a favorite. Um, but it all, it all hinges upon how it works out. Um, moving on to a couple of Super Bowl favorites or potential, uh, Super Bowl teams here. Uh, the Steelers did hang on to beat the Titans 27, 24 to improve to six and oh, um, kind of proven us both right that, uh, they would be the team of, the Titans, the Steelers, and the Seahawks to potentially go undefeated as the Seahawks and Titans fell. We'll get to the Seahawks later. Um, now, does this make the Steelers favorites to compete against Kansas City? I'm interested to hear your take. You know, I actually forgot that we had that take on uh, the, uh, on the Steelers. I forgot we both said that which of those three teams were the favorites to, you know, have a 16 and no run, not that it will happen or anything, but I forgot about that. <laughs> but anyway, I do think that this team, this Steelers team can compete with Kansas city and possibly dethrone them. And the reason is because I said it last week and I've said it probably the past couple weeks, the Steelers in my eyes are the more are the most complete team in the AFC. Their defense is playing at an unbelievable level. Their offense is driving down the field and scoring. And I mean, spe- I mean, you got to give some credit to special teams too. Ray Ray McLeod almost broke one for a touchdown on a Sunday. 
So I, I do think that this team can compete with Kansas City. Now, it'll be tough because what, what we saw from Kansas City this past weekend, I mean, you still got Patrick Mahomes. You still got Tyreek Hill. You got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Travis Kelsey, and the newly added Le'Veon Bell. I think it'll be tough, but especially when you got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire rushing for over 100 yards a game now. But we, we've we've seen this before. The Steelers have one of the best, one of if not the best rushing defenses in the NFL. And we've seen them shut down one of the best rushing offenses in the NFL in the Cleveland Browns. And we probably, and we hopefully see it again this weekend when they take on the Baltimore Ravens. But at the end of the day, I think it's the defense that's really helping the Steelers right now with their chances of competing with Patrick Mahomes because the front seven is just dominant with Cam Hayward, Tyson Alualu, Tuit, Bud Dupree, TJ Watt, all those guys getting to Patrick Mahomes. That's what you got to do to stop that Chiefs offense is stop Patrick Mahomes. And then Big Ben, again, like, like we've said, just he's playing at a great level as well. He did have those three interceptions this past weekend, but other than that, I'm not too worried about it because those were just kind of the first one was kind of a get was just, you know, like taking a shot down the field before halftime. So I'm not really concerned about that, but then the other two were just off of tip passes. So I'm not concerned about Ben Roethlisberger. He'll still play at a great level. Like he's always been spreading the ball around. That's what I love about this offense. And I do think that this team can compete with Kansas city. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, my point was going to be about Ben, you know, that, the, the interceptions, I mean, one of them was uh, the deep ball kind of heaving at the end of the half, just whatever, you throw a pick, you throw a pick, you know, it would have been a garbage time touchdown essentially anyways. Um, you know, the, the the other two, again, tip balls, the one was tipped at the line. That is a little concerning that he has so many balls tipped, but I think part of it is just being too shallow in the pocket, you know, drop, not dropping back and, um, you know, trying to get the ball out a little too quickly sometimes. Um, and the other interception was just kind of another, you know, fluky kind of thing. It wasn't like he overthrew directly into the arms of a DB or anything. Um, you know, I think in terms of special teams, Ray Ray McLeod, he's been kind of what we've looked for for a while in a returner, um, really since AB was taken out of that role in, you know, 2015-16 time frame um, after he uh, kicked Spencer, Spencer Lanning in the face and juked uh, Pat McAfee a couple weeks later. Um, <laughs> i'll <laughs> never funny. forget the landing thing <laughs> i won't either neither will brown browns fans yeah definitely not um but yeah i mean like if if that one guy didn't get in the way uh when when mcleod was trying to get around brett kern i mean he's in the end zone um you know boswell's been money this year he's been exactly what we needed um you know the whole punter situation i don't whatever i don't really care because they never have a good punter um marquette king where are you at um the defense though like you said front seven unreal um really the sum up for me of that game um and how the defense plays is robert spillane absolutely blowing up derrick henry on the one yard line that was um, a great play that just ridiculous i mean that was a great play henry's you know six two six three and 280 pounds of pure muscle and yeah. you got spillane that's six one maybe 215 220 he's not a huge <laughs> guy but he stopped freight train um they lay it all out there. They may not be, you know, the biggest names, um, but they're becoming the biggest names. That's what's important. Um, in terms of the offense, truly, this team 
top to bottom offense, defense, special teams is the most well-constructed team in the NFL. No question. Um, you got three guys who could be wide receiver ones. Um, so you're, you're kind of playing with that Tampa Bay line there. You know, um, you got Claypool, you got Juju, and you got Deontay Johnson. All of them could be number ones. Um, week in and week out, you don't know which one's going to be number one. Um, you know, as Juju and Deontay see 15 targets this week, pretty much each, and Claypool saw like two. Um, you know, you got Connor to lean on, and he's looking like, you know, 2018 Connor. It's just, you know, it's uh, it's turning into be one of those teams that plays for the team and not the the personality. You hear Juju talking about, I'd rather have, you know, four fantasy points and six wins than, you know, one and five and have 30 points a game. So um, they're playing for the right reasons. So I really think they can contain Kansas City, you know, getting back on point here. Um, like you said, getting to Mahomes quickly, um, that's really how you disrupt it. You do have to match up with Kelsey. Um, I think that's the biggest weakness we have right now, um, would be trying to contain Kelsey. Uh, you got Hayden obviously takes Tyreek. Um, you know, you kind of shade, uh, Minka that side of the field. Then you got Steven Nelson and Cam Sutton. Cam Sutton is, uh, kind of making me a fan, you know, filling in for Mike Hilton, but, um, yeah, he looked good. That, that's a guy that yeah. this week, I mean, he looked solid. But, yeah, I mean, this team, they they look good, and I think that they and Kansas City are one and two in the AFC right now. Baltimore is a very, very, very close third, um, but they're just not playing the way that they're, you know, expected to. I mean, yeah, just like if you look at those other teams in the AFC, the Ravens, the Titans, and the Bills, and – I don't know. I don't know who else you could throw in there right now, but out of those three teams, I they haven't been able to do it. They haven't been able to compete with Kansas City to beat them. I mean, we saw a poten- we saw a potential AFC Championship matchup in Week Three. Maybe not now, but we'll see. <laughs> and uh, the Ravens and the Chiefs, and the the Chiefs just had their way with the Ravens, and then the Bills. You know, they were able to hang around in there a little bit a few weeks ago. But at the end of the day, Chiefs won that game pretty easily. We're able to shut down Josh Josh Allen. That's the other thing. The defense, too, of the Kansas City Chiefs is really good. But um, And then the Titans, you know, I mean, I know they haven't played them this year. But if you look back at the AFC Championship game a year ago, just, you know, they were able to shut down Derrick Henry and put up more points than Ryan Tannehill has been able to. So, I just don't see any other team in the AFC that can compete with the Kansas City Chiefs other than the Steelers. I agree. I think that, you know, if the Ravens find their form, it's the top three easily in the AFC. Um, But I think that if the Steelers continue on this trajectory, um, you know, play a little bit more complete game next week, can't get out to a 27-0 lead and expect to win not scoring in the second half, or 27-7, I'm sorry. Um, You can't expect to win against Baltimore if you don't score. Um, you almost want to see that uh, killer instinct kind of, you know, just go for the throat, put up another touchdown, put up another one. You make it 42 to 14, something stupid like that. It's done. You know, there it's very hard to come back from, you know, four touchdowns down um, in the second half, especially when the Steelers are putting together, you know, 11 minute drives to start the game. So, um, you know, and they're finally scoring in the first drive of the game. You know, first time since like the Revolutionary War that they did that. It was this week. 
<laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right, though. So, I mean, truly, I think that's what it takes. I think they just got to play a complete game, um, and they can compete with anybody, and they can beat anybody. Um, so let's uh, let's move off the Steelers, as we have to talk about them again later. Um, we got the Browns against the Bengals. Uh, Browns pull out a win, 37-34. Um, Baker Mayfield was abysmal in the first half. All of Browns' Twitter was calling for him to uh, get out of town. Comes back, I think he started the second half, like, 12 for 12 with four touchdowns and ended up with five. So did, uh, did Baker silence his haters? He finished the game 22 of 23, 297 yards and five touchdowns. His only incompletion was on a spike. That was his only, yeah, that that was his, that was his only incompletion throughout the rest of the game. But no, I don't think he has silenced his haters yet because Look at the team that he was playing against, the Bengals, like one of the worst teams in the a- in the AFC and the NFL, and just their their defense was just bad. But you know, I I got, I got to admit, I mean, Baker Mayfield did play well. I'm I'm not gonna I'm gonna give credit where credits due. Baker Mayfield played well. He was able to protect the ball in in the second quarter and throughout the rest of the game. He didn't outside of that outside of that interception he threw in the first quarter. Uh, he he was able to protect the ball and his offensive line was able to protect him pretty well. So I'll give credit where credit's due, but I do think that Baker is still highly questionable because you just don't know. It's really hit or miss for him. And actually, I don't know if you like, you saw this on Twitter. I like, I'm going to find it real quick, this picture, but NFL memes posted this, uh, the Baker Mayfield cycle. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, but... I did. It's <laughs> it holds true and it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so like the Baker the Baker Mayfield cycle right now is this. He plays horrible, gets criticized by the media, the underdog mentality, plays amazing for a game and then calls out his doubters. So obviously, yeah. So played horrible against the Steelers. Got criticized by the media all of last week probably had that underdog mentality going into last Sunday's game and then he played and then he played great I mean we'll see if he calls out his doubters tomorrow his haters tomorrow or at any time throughout this week and then watch him lay an egg against Las Vegas this week this upcoming weekend that would be something to see if this cycle just like continues to hold true and the trend is never broken exactly but the reason for sure he has not silenced his doubters yet is because he hasn't beaten anybody big yet. He has not beaten the Steelers. He hasn't beaten the Ravens. He hasn't even played the Chiefs yet, but I don't see him going up against Patrick Mahomes and winning. So for sure, I don't think Baker has silenced his doubters. Yeah, I don't really think he has either. Um, and he's going to have a pretty tall task now uh, moving forward, losing Odell Beckham uh, to a torn ACL. Um, you know, every time there's a torn ACL, you see on Twitter, Instagram, the, uh, the post of, you know, a picture of somebody, the Higgers gotten hurt and said, why do ACLs exist? You never hear anything good about them. Yeah. Um, yeah, you feel bad for him. You know, he is trying to, uh, to play well. I got to say, I'm not his biggest fan. Um, but obviously, you know, prayers and hopes for a speedy recovery. You never want to see somebody get hurt. Um, you know, he, 
started to turn it around. He wasn't doing so well in Cleveland until this year. Um, and now hope I do want to see him come back. You know, I want to see him bounce back and have a good year next year, just not against his dealers. Um, but I, I mean, either way, like I, I feel terrible for the guy, you know, he's definitely a, a talent that there, there aren't many like him in the NFL. Um, but without him on that offense, I mean, it's going to be pretty easy to key in on Jarvis Landry. Um, you know, Austin Hooper is going to be out another week. Uh, he had appendicitis. So, um, you know, he missed last week. He'll miss this week too. Um, I don't know, man. When when you go down to just Landry and Joku, Hunt, Dearness Johnson, you got Chubb on IR. Now you got OBJ on IR. You got Hooper out for another week. I mean – they're starting to they're starting to drop like flies in Cleveland, so that defense will have to step up to really make up the ground. I actually think that the loss of OBJ might help the Browns offense, believe it or not. And the only reason I say that is because look at 2018 and how well Baker played when he didn't have Odell. I mean, he was able to spread the ball out to Rashard Higgins and Actually, I don't even know who else was on that team in 2018. So, but it was really like Rashard Higgins and probably a few others and David Njoku. But it, it, it almost seems like Baker plays well when he just doesn't have when he doesn't throw the ball to Odell. I mean, sure, like you said, defenses are going to key in heavily on Jarvis Landry now. But I mean, that's going to leave wide open passes for Rashard Higgins. Uh, Donovan Donovan Peoples Jones, who caught that game winning touchdown pass on Sunday, and then um, Harrison Bryant, that the rookie out of Florida Atlantic, David Joku, if he stays on the Browns, and then Austin Hooper when he comes back. So I do think that the Browns' offense can, you know, pick it pick up and get better, but obviously no. I mean, the loss of OBJ will will hurt the Browns. There, there's no question about that. And I do agree with you. I do think that Odell is kind of done in Cleveland. I do think he'll probably go somewhere else just because a torn ACL for a wide receiver is very hard to come back from. And I do think that Cleveland may move on from him in the offseason. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. They could get a good amount for him, even coming off an ACL, um, sending him to a team like Detroit, you know, that needs a receiver, even, uh, you know, Miami if the Tua thing goes well they might be looking to get somebody in at a, a pretty cheap cost because you know they got gaskin they got howard you know jordan howard guy who ran for 1300 yards and i was going to run for about four yards a year for the year um and matt Breida kind of forgot about him but um yeah i don't i don't see him sticking around much longer uh, in cleveland yeah no i i agree with you right there uh let's move on to the next game the uh tampa bay buccaneers uh pretty uh, defeated the Las Vegas Raiders pretty easily, forty-five to twenty. Brady had a monster day: five touchdowns, over three hundred passing yards, three fifty passing yards. I think he had almost four hundred. But um, I mean, the Ra- the Raiders, you know, they were able to fight in it for a little bit, but at the end of the day, Tom Brady just being the goat that he is. So, so with this win, are the Bucks the team to beat in the NFC? Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I still think it's the Seahawks, um, even though their defense is terrible and the Buccaneers' defense has gotten a lot better. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, the the Bucks rely so heavily on the passing game lately. Uh, Ronald Jones isn't running the ball. Uh, I guess he has three straight three hundred yard or hundred yard games till this week. So I take that back in terms of not running the ball well, but they have been pretty pass heavy. Um, but I mean, that it's not something the Seahawks couldn't stop. But you know, you look at you look at this past week. Scotty Miller six for one hundred nine and a touchdown. Godwin nine for ninety and a touchdown. Gronk five for sixty and a touchdown. I mean. You know, even Fournette, six for 50, you know, no touchdown. But they did all that with Evans having two for 37. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, as long as Brady keeps protecting the ball, um, if they can keep the running game the way it was with Jones, uh, they're in a pretty good spot. Um, It's just tough to go against Russell Wilson, but it's also tough to go against Tom Brady. So um, I'm still putting my take on the Seahawks. because the Raiders aren't really, um, you know, in that that Cardinals or uh, 49ers echelon of teams. Um, but, I mean, I'd, I'd be interested to see, you know, the Buccaneers playing a team like that. You know, they have uh, the Giants, the Saints, the Panthers uh, their next three weeks, so I could pretty easily see them winning all three. Um, but following that, they do have the Rams and the Chiefs. Um, so I think those might be their toughest games on the remainder of the schedule is they have two with Atlanta, one with the lions and one with Minnesota. Um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, it, it all depends on the health of the team. Um, and you know, as we've talked about, bef- you know, earlier today, uh, how the Antonio Brown experiment goes. I actually think they are the team to be in the NFC just because of the fact that Seattle's defense is horrible. Green Bay's defense needs to get, needs some work as well. And then I'm trying to think of some other contenders here. This, I mean, you still got to throw in the saints, but their defense really isn't that good either. And then I don't know the Rams, the Rams aren't no scrubs either. I mean, they have a pretty good defense, but I don't know how much I trust Jared Goff right now at the moment. And then the 49ers, obviously they're like, they're hurting without the loss of Nick Bosa. I mean, I know they played probably two weaker opponents the past two. Well, actually, actually not. They did beat the Rams, but they did play a weaker Patriots team this past weekend. But yeah, no, I do think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the team to beat in the NFC for one for one reason, one reason only. Tom Brady just he's been able to protect the ball the past couple weeks. He's been able to spread the ball around and throw for 300 some yards and a couple touchdowns. I mean, just this past weekend, I mean, I know he didn't have the best game statistically against green Bay, but like he, he's, he's only going to get better. And and as we know, and when we know that from Tom Brady, the, the standard for Tom Brady is championships. And that's exactly what he went to Tampa to do. And everybody's on board. Everybody's on the Tom Brady train to win a super bowl. And, I just think when you have that mentality, that's for sure going to win you and you're going to be the favorites to reach the Super Bowl. So I definitely do think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the team to beat in the NFC. Yeah, I definitely see them being in the top two. Um, No question. Uh, Again, health and Brady taking care of the ball, playing the way he needs to play. I think those are two of the main things, you know, the receivers aren't going anywhere. The running backs are solid. You know, if Jones gets hurt, you got Leonard Fournette. So um, I'm not too worried about them in that regard. As long as the defense can keep it up and Brady can protect the ball, 
um, they're going to be in pretty good shape. Yeah, uh, no, exact, exactly. The, that defense is just playing lights out too. They have a top top five defense. The, they're just able to force turnovers and get to the quarterback pretty well. But also, like I've been saying, the offense. The offense is just loaded with talent. Definitely. Um, but uh, moving on to uh, Brady's former team, uh, the 49ers, a team that, as you previously mentioned, is missing practically their entire starting lineup. Just absolutely demolished the Patriots, thirty-three to six. You know, I I initially thought that you know when Brady left that uh, Belichick was the reason for the success. Um, eh, I'm not so sure now. So is is now the time to hit the panic button in New England? You know, I'm I don't want to because of Bill Belichick, but my hand is definitely hovering over that panic button. I mean. You lose two weeks in a row to – who did they lose to last week? Uh, let me take a look, but uh, let's see. Last week was the Broncos, the six-field Bron- goal game. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Just the fact that like um, you lost to a six-field goal team uh, and, then the f- and then this past weekend you – don't even score more than six points and your defense lets the 49ers run all over you. I mean, that that's just not good. And then I'm taking a look at their schedule right now and it's not easy, but there are some games that they can win. I, um, this upcoming weekend against the bills that could potentially be an upset game if, because of how the bills are playing right now. The Jets, I think that's a win. The Ravens, I, I don't see them beating. I don't see them winning that game. The uh, Texans, you know, I think they could probably win that game. The Cardinals, no, and then the Chargers, maybe, but I mean, we'll have to wait and see. So, just looking at their schedule here, it's just there are some games that they can win, and then there are some games that the that they'll definitely lose. But for sure, right now, since they are just not, they're just not a playoff team. They're for sure not a playoff team. They're two and four. I think the best right now that they can go is maybe eight and eight. I'm, 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 I'm giving them a lot of love when I say eight and eight, but I could see them finishing seven and nine possibly. So I, I'm not going to hit it just yet. I'm not going to hit the panic button just yet, but I'm definitely hovering over it. Uh, I don't know if I'm quite hovering over. I think I might be touching, not pushing. Um, the way I look at it, they have one of the best defenses in the NFL um, in terms of talent. Uh, they did have a bunch of guys opt out due to COVID stuff. Um, but you still got Stephon Gilmore. You still got the McCordys. You know, you still got a, a solid defense in and of itself um, that pretty much dominates their division. You know, that's pretty much what helps win a lot of games is their defense. Um, certainly you do have Cam Newton, um, who has at the beginning of the season, at least looked like his old self, um, you know, the last two games, they get five interceptions, no touchdowns, um, running the ball. He always is going to run the ball. Um, but I mean, come on, man, they, they have no running game. <clears throat> I mean, you look at guys like, um, like James White, Damian Harris, Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead, 
Um, Newton has the team lead in rushing yards at 244. Next closest is Damian Harris at 177, and he ran for 100 in a game. Sony Michelle is 173, Burkhead 154, and everybody else is under 100. So, I so that's the tough part for me is they're ranked second in the league in rush yards per game because of Newton. Um, but I, I just I don't understand. They they have this talent and they're not using it. You know, you have Edelman who, you know, three hundred yards. That's not what he where he would normally be. He'd normally be pushing that. You know, five fifty, six hundred, um, maybe more. You got Nikhil Harry who is a solid receiver, but he's not getting targeted. He's not he's not doing anything. Um, the offense to me is just not the same. The defense, you can only stop so many, you know, teams, and you got to be able to put points up. You can't win games if you don't score. You know, I'm a believer in defense wins championships, but uh, if you if you can't score, you can't win. You know, you could stop everybody, but you're gonna end up in a tie if you can't score. So, um, yeah, I'm not quite pushing it, but it's pretty close, especially for them. I saw on Twitter today that uh, Stephen Stephon Gilmore might be on the trade block for New England. If they move um, him, that's throwing that's throwing in the towel. Uh, truly, you're you're giving up. I I think if they lose, maybe their next two. Well, actually, no. The trade deadline's next week, but if they lose this weekend, they may say, "Hey, Stefan, we we may have to trade you here because at that point they'll be two and five. Or are they two and five right now? Um, I yeah, I think they're two and four right now. Didn't they have their buy? Yeah, I think you're right. They did. Yeah, so they're two. Yeah, they're two and four. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, so they're two and four right now. If they go two and five, I think for sure that they might move Stephon Gilmore. But I think you're right too. I mean, outside of Julian Edelman, who who who's their best receiver? Who who's the second best receiver? I don't know if I necessarily trust Nikhil Harry because he wasn't the best guy even last year when they had Brady. So I, I they they definitely needed maybe trade for a wide receiver. Maybe that could be their way to trade Stephon Gilmore. Trade Stephon Gilmore for a wide receiver of some sort. Just like um, I don't know, you could trade Stephon Gilmore to the Baltimore. No, actually, no, that wouldn't work because they don't have a receiver either. So I I don't know. They'll, they'll have to trade. They'll have to trade Stephon Gilmore and get a receiver back from it. But also, I agree with you, too. The running game just hasn't been there either because I do think the Patriots have a solid offensive line. But when you're rushing your quarterback like almost every play, that that's a that's problem. That's problematic right there because Cam Newton can't play both quarterback and running back. So... They definitely need to pick up the running game more with their backs and Rex Burkhead, James White, and Sony Michelle. Those three definitely need to pick up the slack there. Definitely, and that's probably the biggest thing for them is is not being able to run the ball with their running backs. Um, but yeah, I mean their their second best receiver is Nikki O'Harry, and that's not a very good second best receiver, you know. But if they want to slide uh, Stephon Gilmore over here. Um, to Pittsburgh, you guys can have James Washington. I don't care. <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> I, I really wouldn't mind either because it almost seems like the Steelers have found their top three in Juju, Claypool, and Deontay Johnson. So, I mean, I'd miss James Washington, but at the end of the day, yeah. Yeah, I, I just 
obviously it's probably not going to happen because I don't see any trades happening between the two teams uh, right. until one is in a total rebuild and the other is a contender or vice versa. Um, I just don't see it happening, but you're right. It has to go somewhere that they can get a receiver. If not, find a way to to shore up the offensive line. So um, I'd say that's where they need to move on to um, and kind of start figuring it out. Um, now moving on to uh, to a couple of heavyweights in the NFC. Um, the Seahawks drop uh, kind of a shootout to the Cardinals in OT, 37-34. Um, you know, the, the big storylines there were Kyler Murray and uh, Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett, you know, like 15 catches for 200 yards and three touchdowns. Absolutely absurd. Um, I had him on my fantasy team in one league, and in my other two I had to go against him. So it was kind of, you know, bittersweet. But um, are the Cardinals a playoff team with this kind of a showing? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely they are. I mean, they beat one of the top teams in the NFL. Now, I know the Seahawks have a horrible defense. They have no pass rush, and their coverage is just really awful right now without Jamal Adams. But they are for sure a playoff team with how well Kyler Murray is playing and the defense. Kyler Murray was is able to just run all over the place and just make everybody miss. He's probably one of the most athletic quarterbacks in the league right now. And he obviously and then obviously with DeAndre Hopkins too. I mean, that connection there is really good. I I was watching the Sunday night game and I saw the Cardinals offense look like they were confused on a snapped ball, but then Kyler Murray threw it up to DeAndre Hopkins who was one-on-one with like Trevon Diggs or someone and DeAndre Hopkins came down with the ball and scored a touchdown. That just tells you how good not only Kyler Murray is, but just how that connection is as well. And then also Kenyon Drake. I mean, he's still, a, to me, he's still one of the a top back in this league. And when you have Kyler Murray hand you, handing you off the ball and w- with the offensive line that the uh, Cardinals have, they're for sure like a good running team. But then let's turn our attention to the defense too. The defense obviously able to pick off Russell Wilson three times. That's not easy to do, especially with how well Russell Wilson's been playing. But I mean, they, they were able to force three turnovers on the Seahawks offense. We're able to sack Russell Wilson a few times. And I, I was I was so like I was laughing so hard when um Buda Baker picked off Russell Wilson. And he didn't score a touchdown like DK Metcalf just ran him down and ran him down. And I've seen a lot of memes based based off of that play. And I did think it was a wasted opportunity after that after that interception, because you get in first and goal and you come away with no points. You, You lose a possession there. But either way, this this team is sitting at five and two right now, pretty comfortably. I, we're midway through the season here. I'm looking at some of their um, upcoming opponents here. They got the Dolphins, the Bills, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Rams, and the Giants. They th- those are all very winnable games there for this Cardinals. So they they are for sure a playoff team. I'd have to agree. <clears throat> I'm a big fan of the Cardinals. Um, I really like Kyler Murray. Uh, as you said, he's probably the most athletic quarterback I've ever seen. You know, Lamar's up there, but 
Murray just, I mean, he's, he just zips around, you know, he squeaks through, you know, gaps that shouldn't be able to be fit through. And, um, he's just crazy. He's got the arm talent too. Um, you know, like you said, that Hopkins connection is unreal. Um, I'm also a big fan of Christian Kirk, uh, their second round pick from last year. Um, he's kind of building some chemistry there with, uh, with Kyler Murray. Um, their defense, as you mentioned, I mean, they still have Patrick Peterson, still got Buda Baker, um, even though he gets caught by 6'4", 240. Um, <laughs> that was fun. That was so funny. I, it, it really was one of the craziest things I've seen on a football field. Um, just this absolute unit running like a 3'7", to catch up to Buda Baker. I mean, Buda Baker can move. Metcalf just turned on the burners, man. He was He was moving, but yeah, I, I think the Cardinals are a playoff team. Their special teams is there. Um, need a little bit of work, but um, overall, I think I think they're good enough to be in the playoffs and make a, a pretty serious run if they if they put it together. Let's not uh, forget about the future Hall of Fame wide receiver Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, he's still on that team. He's still able to make plays for the Cardinals offense. Like I, I know Kyler is ha- having developing connections with DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk, but just Larry Fitzgerald is still there and he's still balling out too. So he's I, not going to put up monster numbers, but no, he's right. not. And, yeah, they, he, and he doesn't need to either. Exactly. That's my answer to say is he doesn't have to, he can be there to get that, that third and six grab at, you know, the, at eight yards past the line of scrimmage, you know, you get that by two yards. He's going to pick that up every time. Exactly. Exactly. He's, he's the guy that he doesn't get forgotten about by defenses, but he's not the deep threat anymore. You know, that's Hopkins, that's Kirk, that's that's even Kenyon Drake running routes. You know, you got yep. um you got Larry Fitz just kind of underneath in the soft spots and you throw it his way as long as it's not tipped over his head or in the ground, he's probably gonna catch it if he gets a hand on it. He's that good. Um second receiver really- ever to hit fourteen hundred receptions, so I mean, I mean, he's really there just to be the leader of that offense, be the leader of the receiving corps of that team, of that team. Like, hey, if you have any questions, come to me. And I think that is something that the Cardinals very much need. So that that's just good for them. Oh, absolutely. So. And I think it's something Hopkins needed because he never had that in Houston. Yeah, exactly. And it's helped him a lot. But uh, anyways, moving on here, um, let's go revisit our top five teams um i i have them i have them if you if you forgot them yeah i did forget mine so do you want to remind everybody uh who we had and uh, if there's any changes if there's not then uh, we can move on yeah so your top five were you had the steelers at one chiefs at two bucks at three the seahawks at four and the titans at five and then i had the chiefs at one the steelers at two the Seahawks at three, the Titans at four, and the Ravens at five. So uh, do you have any changes? Uh, the only change I'm going to make is I'm going to swap the Ravens with the Titans. Give the Ravens some credit. The Titans, um, the only reason I change it is their defense can be a little soft. They don't get on the ball as much as they should. Um, they kind of give a little too much space to receivers off the line of scrimmage. Um, and and the fact that you're kind of relying on Tannehill if you have no run game. Um they have some great receivers, don't get me wrong. You know, Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, and Adam Humphreys, they they pull their own. They got Jonu Smith, too. Um, but I, I think that the Ravens, uh, 
they'd beat them if they played. Um, but truly, I think those are like you know those the the Titans are my number six uh, to put it to make it easy. Um, but that's the only change I would make right now. I do have a change in my top five. Uh, one and two are staying the same. One being the Chiefs, two being the Steelers. I have a new number three, and my new number three are the Bucks. I'm putting the Bucks up there. I think that I know I haven't put them in the past, but I got to put them in there now just because Tom Brady playing the, the playing at the high level that he's playing at in that defense just balling out too. So I got the I got the Bucks at three. I'm moving the Ravens up to number four. And then I'm going to move the Seahawks down to five. Interesting for sure. Yeah. But um, anyway, let's uh, move on here. We have the uh, trade trade deadline approaching. It's in a week here. I know that we talked about this last week too, but um, I, I don't think that there will be any big name trades. We did have a few trades already. The uh, Baltimore Ravens traded for... Nagakwe, I forget how to say his name. I'm going to say Nagakwe. He's a that defensive lineman. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no offense. No offense. But like, I just don't know how to say his name. But the Ravens traded him. The Ravens traded for him from Minnesota. And then uh, we had a trade earlier today. Uh, the Cowboys are trading Everson Griffin to the Detroit Lions for a 2021 six round pick. Yeah, it's kind of a signal of Dallas knowing they're a little out of it. Um, the pride of Pine Richland, Ben DiNucci, uh, going to be marching out onto the field. Let's with, go, Ben! <laughs> with, uh, with Dallas, but um, that was crazy. I love it. I mean, I I know I knew him a little bit, um, knew his family a little bit. <clears throat> He's a great kid, great head on his shoulders. Um, Talent-wise, he did even say in his presser that you know, he's not used to playing against guys this big coming from an FCS school. Um, he's got the arm talent. He's got the IQ. Um, it's just a matter of him getting protection that he needs. Uh, if Zeke can produce, I think he's got a chance. Um, but I think that's a sign of uh, of the Cowboys kind of acknowledging that, yeah, we might be done for the year. You know, wait until we get Dak back. Wait until, you know, some of these, some of these guys recover from their injuries. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I – just the fact that I think Dallas has already given up and maybe Everson Griffin was one of those guys that went to the media and said, Hey, our coaches are just so unprepared. So he wanted to get out of there. I mean, I don't know how much better the lions are, but I mean, obviously he had no control in that, but um, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see how he does. won a couple games in a row here and they're not really out of their, uh, out of reaching that seventh playoff spot. Uh, yeah, that's true. But um, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, well, I'll, I'll we'll have to take a look at the uh, Lions' schedule here just to see if they have a chance here. But I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But um, like yeah, like I said, I don't see any big names moving throughout throughout this week. Uh, I think it would be nice if the Steelers would trade for JJ Watt, but we don't have the salary cap for that. <laughs> Yeah, certainly would be nice, but uh, I, I don't see any big trades happening. Um, and you mentioned the Lions' schedule. Um, they got Indy this week, Minnesota, the football team, Panthers, Texans. Um, truly, they could win four of those five games if they play well enough because the Vikings certainly don't look like they need to. Um, the football team looking a little better, but they're still 
one of those teams that could have a really bad game here and there. Uh, Carolina, I don't really know if they'd win that game. The Texans, they probably could beat. Uh, the Colts are a toss-up. That's where you go between four, you know, uh, three and four wins. Yeah. Then you got the Bears, the Packers. Um, probably win one of those games. Um, the Packers are at home, you know, against uh, the Lions at Ford Field. Um, or I'm sorry, the Lions are at home against the Packers. Sorry, um, but they do have Tennessee, Tampa Bay, uh, and the Vikings to finish the season. So I don't see them winning more than one of those games. So. Uh, they got a chance. I mean, they could reach that seventh playoff spot, maybe like a nine and seven record. So um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, see what they might pull out. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. And I don't think there will, like I've been saying, I just don't think there will be any big name trades. But uh, we got a week. We got a week to see if there's any other trades. And it'll be interesting to see. But uh, let's move into our week eight picks here. Can't believe we're already in week eight in the NFL season. And um, I actually forgot to mention this, but I think last week was the first week in the NFL since week three that every game was played on schedule. There were no rescheduled games. Everybody played on time. So I, I so that, that was cool to see. Certainly bodes well. Uh, shows are kind of doing a decent job um, with all their testing and exactly. everything. Exactly. <clears throat> I will say, um, last week we had our best week ever with our picks. That's true. As, we did as we were a curse, uh, for the first four episodes. Um, last week, uh, if you had, uh, five out of six and uh, the only game you missed was Cardinals and Seahawks. And, uh, on that, I went six for six. So, um, hopefully I, 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 I give you a lot of credit for picking the Cardinals. I thought the Seahawks will pull up, would pull out that win and they almost did, but I got to give you credit there. Yeah, we could have both been wrong if it would have tied. So, yeah, that's that's <laughs> true. Gonzalez was, was trying there, but yeah, um, yeah, I think it was it was a good week. Uh, a lot of the games we chose were pretty easy. Um, you know, not necessarily easy matchups, but something that you could kind of tell what where the better team was. Um, yeah. So the first one we got this week's gonna be the Patriots and the Bills. Uh, you know, we could have an upset here if the Patriots pull it together, but you know, the Bills could also show that they're the team to beat in the AFC East. What are you thinking? Well, the reason I think this is a possible upset is because of how badly the Bills have been playing the past like two, three weeks. I mean, I mean, you only lose, you only win by eight points against the New York Jets, and then. You lose to the Kansas City Chiefs pretty bad. And then you also lose to the uh, Tennessee Titans pretty bad too. So they've definitely they definitely played sluggish over the past few weeks. And I do think there is a possibility I think there's a, is a possibility of a chance that New England could pull off this upset, but I'm going to stick with the Bills. I think Josh Allen and that offense get back get back rolling, get uh, getting the swing of things with Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, and uh, uh, Singletary. I think those guys will go off, and I think the defense will step up here big and force Cam Newton to throw a couple more interceptions and contain that run game, which there is none. I agree. I think the Bills win um, because of their defense more than anything. Um, certainly Josh Allen um, – it, I have a feeling could have a bounce back game, but I really think that that, that Buffalo defense is going to 
they're going to have an easy time because, again, like you said, the Patriots don't have a run uh, offense. You know, outside of Newton, they have no running game. Um, so it's going to be pretty easy for those those DBs of of the Bills to to lock up Edelman, and then outside of Edelman, you know, they have to look at Nikhil Harry, which you know, as we said earlier, we picked on him enough. Yeah. Not really that great of an option. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of think the Bills win this game and show why they're the team to beat in the AFC East. I really do. Exactly. No, I agree. Uh, the next game we got here is the uh, Raiders and the Browns. Uh, nothing really to say here, but um, I don't think this is a gimme win for the Browns because the Raiders aren't a bad team. I mean, they were able to compete with the Bucks for a little bit there. They were able to beat the Saints and they beat the defending Super Bowl champions in Kansas City. So this is definitely no gimme game for the Browns. Who do you got? Where's this game being played? I should have wrote, written that down. It's being played. Yeah, it's being played in Cleveland. Mm. A, this was a tough one for me. Um, you know, earlier as we were figuring out which games we were going to go over, um, I, I, I'm just going to go with the Browns. Um, I don't think the Raiders have enough uh, in their front seven to stop the running game. Um, you know. Baker probably going to make a mistake or two. Um, but I think that that running game, I think Kareem Hunt has a really good game. Um, and I think that the Browns defense steps up um, and they end up beating the Raiders. I don't think it's going to be you know, a blowout. I do think it'll be close um, because Derek Carr has played pretty well this year. Um, and I think Josh Jacobs is going to have a bounce back game this week against, uh, against the Browns. But I, I think the Browns win this game. I got to agree. I, I'm going to take the Browns here too. I was tempted to take the Raiders just because, but I got to pick the uh, Browns here. I do think that they will feel the loss of OBJ early on in the game, but I think Rashard Higgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones will pick up that slack and give a little breathing room for Jarvis Landry. And I do think Baker Mayfield will have another good game. I think he kind of ends that cycle for a little bit, but um. Yeah, I think Baker will 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 probably make him maybe a mistake or two, like you said. But the defense, uh, I got their defense. The Browns' defense will probably step up here in a big way, probably containing Josh Jacobs. Miles Garrett will probably continue his campaign for Defensive Player of the Year, and I think the Browns win this game. Yeah, it's it's a game that uh, that it, it seems pretty easy to pick on paper. Um, so our next game we're going to take here is going to be the Rams and the Dolphins. How do we think Tua is going to do in his first start? Um, we got the Dolphins coming off their bye um, and the Rams coming off, uh, off a beating of the Bears. I think he'll learn what the NFL is all about early. Just, um, you know, the, this is not college football. He was a successful college quarterback with Alabama, but this is yeah this is not college football i think he'll learn pretty quickly what it's like to play in the nfl cuz he's going up against one of the best defensive linemen in the nfl and aaron donald so that'll be a lot for him to handle on sunday but um i i think he'll play well i do think that like he'll be able to pass the ball pretty well to devonte parker and all the other receivers that they have and he'll be able to run the ball too pretty well. But at the end of the day, I'm picking the Rams to win this game mainly because of their defense. Aaron Donald just terrorizing the terrorizing the uh 
Dolphins offense because I don't think Miami has the best offensive line. And um, J- Jared Goff, he's going to have another good game. He's going to find Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and I think he'll have a big game. So I think the Rams win this game. Yeah, I have to agree. I'm going with the Rams. Um, the The problem I have is you're switching to Tua kind of a weird time. You, know, you have Fitzpatrick playing out of his mind for three weeks. They win three games. He puts everything he has into it, and then he gets yanked. Um, I wouldn't put Tua in personally until Fitz has a terrible game, and you can see that it's pretty much done for the year in terms of um, being out of it. <clears throat> but they're not out of it. You know, they're a team that they're sitting at, uh, you know, pull it up here. I should have had it up, but they're sitting right now at three and three, which they're not out of it by any stretch because at three and three, anything can happen. You know, you're basically starting O and O and um, you're, you're on a clean slate pretty much. You're back out of the hole. Um, I don't know. Aaron Donald is the best lineman in the NFL, the best defensive lineman in the NFL. No question. Um, I don't want to see anything happen to Tua. Um, I do want to see him succeed, have a good, you know, have a good first game, kind of learn a lot, like you said. <clears throat> but I do think the Rams just are too much between Cup, Woods, Higby will probably have a big game because he has one every like six weeks. Um, Daryl Henderson is still going to be good. The Rams' offensive line is good enough, and that defense. I mean, with Ramsey and Donald, um, they're pretty solid. So I'm going with the Rams. Yeah, exactly. I do want to see. I also want to see Tua succeed, and I think he will. But like I said, I do think that he will learn what it's like to play in the NFL here pretty quickly. Uh, moving on to our next game, we got the Saints and the Bears. Bears coming off of did they lose? Yeah, the Bears coming off that loss to the Rams uh, on Monday night, and the Saints beating the uh, Carolina Panthers. Not really much to say here. Who do you got? I'm going to go with the Bears. I'm going to say that uh, Khalil Mack has a big game uh, and and Nick Foles bounces back. If not Foles, maybe Trubisky. Who knows uh, what could happen up there. Um, but I think Allen Robinson, because um, the Saints defense is kind of suspect right now. Um, you know, I think that, that Robinson has a big game. I think Montgomery has better than two yards per carry uh, than he did this week. So um, I think that I think that the Bears pull this one out. Uh, it's going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, this is in Chicago, right? Yeah, it's in Chicago. Yeah, so I, I think that uh, I think that they pull it out, um, and it's you know it's probably going to be a little cooler in Chicago. Uh, I think that that we're gonna we're gonna see the Bears win this game. See, I mean, I know this game is in Chicago, and it doesn't help obviously the Saints, but I am going to pick the Saints just because of Drew Brees and the Saints' offense. We'll see if they get Michael Thomas back. He was out last week due to a hamstring issue. Uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see if he comes back this week, but I like the Saints in this game just because of Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, and their offense. I know that their defense is very suspect right now. They're not playing like they have been the past two years, we'll say, but I do, th- I do, I do like the Saints in this matchup, so I'm taking the Saints. Certainly could go either way. Um, yeah, exactly. Our next game here is going to be the 49ers and the Seahawks. The Niners coming off the uh, the pounding of the Patriots and the Seahawks coming off that loss to the Cardinals in overtime. Um, who are you taking here? 
I'm taking Seattle. I think um, Russell Wilson bounces back from his three interception performance and um, and uh, has another great game like he has been the past, uh, you know, really all season. He'll continue his MVP campaign. And I do think that uh, and I do think that um, the Seahawks defense will give up a lot of points here to uh the San Francisco 49ers just because the San Francisco has been running the ball abs- crazy the past couple weeks. Jimmy G hasn't been, hasn't been able to do much, but at the end of the day, I do think Seattle will get the ball at the end of the game. And Russell Wilson will drive down the field and score either a touchdown or the Seahawks will kick a few will to win the game. So I'm taking Seattle. I'm taking Seattle also uh, in a shootout. The only thing I worry about with the 49ers is they're, all of their running backs are hurt now. Um, th- they're down to Jamichael Hasty, um, Hasty. I don't know how you say it. Um, don't know who he is. Supposedly could step into a, uh, a prominent role here, but um, you know they're they're receiving. They have Kittle, obviously. Uh, Brandon Ayuk's really been good uh, for the, for the 49ers, but. Um, I, I think that the 49ers are just a little too banged up to keep up with the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks are better built to win a shootout game, even without Chris Carson, you know, potentially leaning on, uh, on Carlos Hyde, but between Metcalf Lockett and, and Russell Wilson, I think that they have enough, uh, uh, to win this game. So, um, I think the Seahawks win here. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, our last game is, uh, our game, the game that we'll hopefully be watching. Hopefully I'll be able to watch the game this week. That's one of the downsides of living in, living in Ohio is that I'm not able to get every Steeler game. Uh, I used to when I used to live in Pittsburgh, obviously, but not this year. But Ravens-Steelers, one of the big matchups of the year, division matchup, rates, Ravens at 5-1, and one, Steelers at 6-0. and oh. uh, I know the Ravens probably entered this year to as the favorites to win the division, and they probably still are, but if the Raven, if the Steelers win, does that make them the new favorites to win the division? Who do you got? Uh, I'm taking the Steelers to win. I think they're going to play a pretty inspired game playing against the Ravens uh, after having gotten swept by them last year. Um, we all know who played quarterback last year. Uh, it wasn't Big Ben. Um, the defense was definitely a little bit better last year in terms of playing consistently, but I think that this year um, they're going to come out a little more motivated. Uh, a healthy Connor, a healthy Juju. Uh, we don't know what Deontay is going to be, but either way, Claypool steps in, um, and then James Washington as your third. Uh, I think our offensive line is playing better this year as well. Um, certainly, uh, the Ravens added, you know, Calais Campbell and uh, and a couple other pieces, um, and Ngakwe, as we mentioned earlier. Um, I, I just think that RF offensive line gives Ben just enough time to uh, to complete the passes he needs to, you know, block enough for James. Uh, and the defense, I think they contain Lamar well enough. Uh, if you can contain Derrick Henry, you can probably contain Lamar Jackson. Um, certainly a little quicker on his feet, you know, kind of shifty, but um, I think that we contain them well enough, and their receiving threats right now are just not what they used to be uh, in terms of last year. You know, Hollywood Brown's not the same. Willie Sneed was good the first couple weeks. He's kind of fallen off, and Mark Andrews isn't doing the same that he was. Um, so I'm taking the Steelers here. I think if they win, 
uh, they already have a game and a half lead on the on the Ravens or a game lead. Um, I just think that if you win this game, you're seven and zero. They're five and two. You know, you got you got a two game lead there. Um, I, I just think that it it becomes one of those situations where you control your own destiny for sure. See, I want to take the Steelers, but I'm actually going to take the Ravens in this matchup just because history will tell you that the Steelers tend to not play well in Baltimore. And this game is in Baltimore, so I I, I just don't know. I, I think that will play a big factor in the game, just being in Baltimore. And they Baltimore is allowing fans into their stadium now, so I think that might have a little bit of effect, but not too much. I think this will be a defensive game just because both defenses are playing incredible right now. I do agree with you with the fact that our defense, Steelers defense, will contain Lamar Jackson and that they probably will force a few turnovers here and there too. But, I mean, you got you got to look at the Ravens defense too and say that defense is really good. And I do think that they may get to Big Ben a few times, but Ben will Ben will continue to do his thing. He'll sling the ball. He'll get his he'll get uh, he'll get the ball to his receivers. James Conner will probably have a an okay day, just because I think with all the pieces that Baltimore has gotten over the, in the offseason, they they've wanted to stop the run, and I do think that they'll they'll contain James Conner a little bit. Ben Ben will probably protect the ball better than he did this past week, but at the end of the day, I think I think Lamar Jackson and the Ravens find a way to win this game. So I'm taking the Ravens. I certainly agree. The Ravens' defense is really good uh, and stops the run well. Um, the only thing for me with the Ravens is they don't really have the running game that they did last year. Uh, Lamar's not quite the same as he was. Um, certainly, it's hard to keep that kind of a uh, pace up that he put up last year, but um you know mark ingram's not running for you know thousand plus yards again um you know gus edwards has led the backfield a couple times uh you know jk dobbins has done a little bit of work but they don't have a true workhorse uh or really the strongest um uh the strongest running game this year sorry i lost my train of thought there for a second um I just happens I don't to me know. all the time, so you're good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think their offense is isn't quite the same as what it was uh, in previous years, and I have a feeling this year is going to be one of those years where they split one and one, uh, and you don't win at home either team. So, um, yeah, I mean, certainly a respectable pick and an understandable one. Uh, we'll just give a quick rundown as to uh, who we have, so we can refer back. Um, I do have it written down, but uh, we both had the Bills and the Browns and the Rams. Uh, I took the Bears, you had the Saints, we both had the Seahawks, and we split on the Steelers and Ravens. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I really hope I'm wrong with the uh, Ravens and Steelers. I I hope this is kind of a same scenario where you pick the Browns to beat the Steelers and I pick the Steelers to win. I I hope it's that scenario for sure. Certainly, certainly. Eh, We'll see what happens, though. Um, Exactly. I mean, it's going to be an interesting week. That's that's for sure. I I do think that this uh, game is for sure, like, Obviously, one of the best games of the year. It'll be definitely be one to watch. And like I said, I think it'll be a defensive game for sure. 
But yeah, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. I, I think this is one that could go either way to the Ravens or the Steelers, but I'm I'm hoping the Steelers win, but I'm going to take the Ravens. So, Yeah, understandable. Um, but yeah, that brings us to the end of, uh, of another episode, another good one. Um, we'll be back next week. Uh, I think this is our shortest episode. I think so. It was uh, a lot of info, but easy to get to. Um, exactly. A lot of uh, a lot of really good storylines. So, um, you know, as we as we mentioned at the end of every episode, make sure to give a follow uh, to our Twitter. Um, working on getting content out and stuff in terms of tweeting more, keeping up to date. Uh, check us out on Spotify where we're posting these every week. Um, but otherwise, do you have anything else to add? Nope, I think we're all set. We will see you guys next week. Sounds good. See you guys.